Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Carrie and I are so glad to have you here. And we're going to talk about one of our favorite subjects, food. <laughs> we've done a, we've done way more food uh, episodes in the past like month, month and a half than I think we have in all the rest of, you know, the other two years we've been doing this podcast. I don't know what that says about where Kate and I are mentally right now in the first half of 2022, right? 2022. <laughs> but I think it's, you know, a little bit of the pressure is off and we can think about more mundane things than we've been able to in the past. So I think that's, that's what I'm going to go with. It's not that we have the munchies. Uh-huh. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So I want to talk about snacks from a couple of different perspectives. I mean, I think most of us on the call today have, who are listening to us have probably been a teacher at one point in time, right? So having been a teacher, you've probably at least one time had your snack associated with your unit lesson plan theme for the day slash week. And I would say that probably 95% of those who have been teachers have made ants on a log. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there, right? Celery, peanut butter, and a couple of raisins, right? So if you haven't, shame on you, it's time to do that, right? Like this needs to be the standard insect snack um, however, you know, the one thing about being a director and a teacher in the days of Google Clipart and Pinterest means that we aren't stuck with just ants on a log, right? We can make ladybugs, we can make all kinds of fruit and insects. And this is great. I mean, I absolutely, I mean, to me, the best thing about themes is that I get to, it, it helps me with everything including what am I having for a snack? <laughs> so, right. and, and I know that themes are not the most up-to-date terminology because more, more often people are now talking about them as, you know, your, um, your schema yeah. or your provocation, your, your educational provocation, whatever term you want to use, it's, it's all themes. Um, <laughs> we know that that's an older, you know, Gen X term, we don't care. Uh, hey, but, I'm old. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. But even if, so if we're saying schema or theme, you know, yeah, there are people, there is, I have an entire Facebook group that I'm a member of that is all about making cute snacks for children under the age of seven and cute lunches. And they're, they're using you know, little toothpicks that have Hello Kitty, kitty cats on them when they're talking about cats. And they have little cookie cutters for cutting out the melon and the cheese in a shape that coordinates with what the kids are learning about and exploring. I think all that is great. And I want to remind you that you as the director don't have to cut these out. <laughs> and even more, the teachers don't have to cut them out. Cookie cutters are safe for children to use. <laughs> so you can get the heart-shaped cookie cutters and give them to the kids and cut. They have slices of watermelon and slices of cheese for their snack and let them go to town with their cookie cutters, cutting out the different shapes of flowers and then eating way more watermelon than they otherwise would have or 
let's pick cantaloupe, which we talked about in another episode, right? A, a fruit that does not get as much attention as I think it should. But if the kids are cutting it out into fruit shapes, they're going to eat more cantaloupe than they would if they were just getting your standard rectangle of cantaloupe, right? Because that's more fun. Eating cantaloupe in the shape of a tulip is more fun than eating cantaloupe in the shape of a rhombus. <laughs> you know, um, so and I think a geometry unit. Yeah. If you're doing a geometry unit, yeah, go for the rhombus. But another thing is when we're talking about snack, we've got three big issues, right? Is this healthy? Does this fit in my budget? And will the children eat it? <laughs> okay, I got a fourth one. Okay. It's not pretzels, popcorn, and goldfish. <laughs> okay, so you have some variety is Kate's fourth one, right? You've got some variety. It's not just empty carbs. Um, I, so there are days where I'm like, if I see another half a grape and another goldfish, I'm just going to be done. Like... <laughs> And we are getting into summer. So um, I realize it's April, but this is a challenge, right? So this is your opportunity to go to your staff and what director doesn't always need a new staff training, right? Like everybody needs staff training. So ask each age group to come to a staff meeting with their standard what snack they love to have in the summer that every kid loves to eat. And encourage them to go to Pinterest, come to a new one and be prepared to share. Now, make it extra fun and say, I will even buy the supplies for everybody to make one snack per age group. Okay. So first of all, now you've got staff training, <laughs> staff meeting. <laughs> you have the ability to have your staff eat something that they get to have fun with, right? So if they have a hard time doing it, that will tell you whether or not your twos, threes, and fours can do it. I mean, I used to laugh at some of these snacks that I'd see on Pinterest, right? And I'd be like, oh, this is so cool. And then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. My school ager can't do this. <laughs> like, there's no way my two-year-old classroom is going to be able to get this done. So absolutely keep that in mind. And so this is an opportunity for everybody to get involved. Carrie, as we start to look at summer snacks, because to me, you've got a three-month window if you're in Texas where you really do have to cut, think about- I feel like it's more than a three-month window. It's already almost 90 degrees here. Um, so I, I think that something we can add is, you know, or I guess uh, an element of that whole, will they eat it? is if you're really hot, you don't want to eat something heavy. You don't want oatmeal. You don't want a peanut butter sandwich. You're like, excuse me, can I just have one of those freezy pops? That's what I would like for snack. I would like a freezy pop. And yes, you can occasionally give them a freezy pop, but a freezy pop is just sugar and water. So okay. it, we don't get to count it as snack, but we can make a juice pop using similar technique. You can't buy it in a box and keep it on a shelf um, and then stick it in the freezer. So it's not quite as shelf stable, but we can give them a juice pop um, that we have made in it. And I have been known to give them freezy pops, wash out the containers, doing all, all of the steps so that they're all disinfected and then reuse them <laughs> to make juice pops. And the kids are super excited 
Um, you just clip them closed with the, the clips that you get at Ikea. <laughs> That's where I get them. I don't know where everybody else gets them. And you just clip them back together and then you hand them to them and they're super excited. They didn't have to try to rip this one open. You'd already opened it for them. And they think it's still the junk food, but instead it's you know, watermelon. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that's really fun. I mean, you can do pure fruit, you can do suspended fruit, right? So some strawberries in water, right? So again, it, it looks pretty. Um, they actually make these things that are reusable and are silicone and are, um, you have the ability to disinfect. So, um, you know, you got to know your kids and your kids' families well enough to know whether or not those are going to end up getting tossed because, you know, if they're costing you three bucks a piece, you may not want to toss them. Um, but if you think that the kids can get the hint that if they bring this back every Tuesday, they will have frozen fruit of some sort and something that looks like the, the, the squeezy pops. And that has absolutely got to be one of my favorite summer snacks. Now, I'm also, again, I joke, I'm old, right? So the other thing that's really fun with at least your school-agers, because your school-agers can do it, is the old-fashioned ice cube tray with saran wrap and toothpicks and freeze it, and they have a literal ice cube on a stick. Now, again, doing that with something like orange juice, um, when it comes to summer, one of the things I really like to do, and most kids don't really notice, is to start cutting fruit juices in half because they don't really need all that sugar that comes in standard fruit juice, and it makes it go farther. And I'd rather a kid think he gets something really special because he gets three <laughs> instead of one because if three gets them to the same volume and they get a lot more liquids. So something to definitely keep in mind. Yeah. And, you know, we've also got making their own, there's something for even the toddlers being able to make their own snack. And again, we, I have made lots more frozen snacks in the summer than in other times of the year, but the kid being able to put the popsicle stick that has their, the first letter of their name in the preschool or in the toddler classroom, usually it's a shape or a color <laughs> um, and that's theirs. And they put blueberries in their water or they put strawberries or whatever it was that they wanted to put in and yes the kids will put weird things in there I've had kids put Cheerios into their popsicles I'm not eating it I don't care they can put that that's fine not gonna bother me and the kids getting to put it in before nap time then they nap two hours is plenty of time for most freezers to make something into ice in an ice cube tray, you know, it's great. Or even those, you know, skinny things that Kate was talking about, um, the skinny little tubes, but them knowing that they made it and then they got to eat it. It is hard to get a lot. There's a lot of adults who the idea of toddlers cutting bananas just freaks them out. I'm like, bananas are really soft. Like, <laughs> You can cut it with a plastic knife and the toddler will eat their half a banana on a piece of peanut butter toast if they cut the banana up. And yes, half of that banana may be squished into baby food mush, but they're excited about it and they've learned a skill. So I'm a big fan of that. And in the summer, I love to do outdoor snack 
on water play days. <laughs> so we go outside, we play for a while, and then we have our outdoor snack, and then we play some more. <laughs> we wash our hands in the, you know, we have a hose, they wash their hands in the hose, they eat their snack, wash their hands in the hose again, and then they go play. Less to clean up. <laughs> the kids think it's amazing. And it just adds to their enjoyment of the meal. And so they're going to eat more because it's a different setting and it's exciting. Some kids won't, but most kids will get excited by the new setting. Okay. So let's just, let's make sure that we have helped those listening, at least hear the suggestions we've already made. So we've already talked about fruit juice and frozen fruit juice. We've talked about diluted frozen fruit juice. We've talked about water with fruit suspended or all at one end, depending on what they made it. <laughs> We've talked about fruit that they themselves have cut up into shapes. Now with that, I mean, fruit's really, really easy, but what's really, really fun in the summer is frozen fruit, right? Like, so we can do, whether it's you went to Costco, you bought the fruit yourself, you bought one of those massive things of strawberries, or you just bought the massive bag of frozen strawberries or frozen blueberries or frozen cantaloupe peaches, pick, pick your fruit. I've even seen kids think it's really, really fun to eat frozen peas in the summer because nobody ever gives them frozen peas as a snack. But if you're in Texas and it's 100 degrees outside, anything frozen looks fun. <laughs> so... Um, absolutely something you can do. Nut butters and veggie sticks for your older kids. Again, or hummus and veggie sticks if you've got a no nut butter center. Yep. So depending on what you have. And yes, these are fairly standard, normal snacks, but these are also really easy things to suggest to parents if parents want to bring something in. Oh yeah, can you grab me a great big bag of frozen peaches? Can you grab me a bag of frozen cherries? Can you, you know, bring in ABC? Because, you know, parents want to be of help. And I don't know about you, and although I would love to have a watermelon every week of the summer, <laughs> there is a point where you're going, I don't want to cut another watermelon, right? You know, you don't want to have to go through the prep that goes with it. And for a lot of programs, watermelon in the summer is just kind of a standard snack. But let's talk about the nutritional value truly of a watermelon, right? So let's let's introduce them to cantaloupe. Let's introduce them to honeydew. Let's introduce them to some other fruit. Well, and I think another thing that's really key is, you know, we have, I think the picky eaters have gotten even pickier after, you know, uh, the amount of stress over the past few years. So I've heard more and more teachers and directors complaining that they're having a huge amount of food waste and the kids don't want to eat anything that's not a chicken nugget or a goldfish. To which my, my first reply is, okay, are they drinking their calories? Because we know a lot of kids who are picky eaters are able to be picky eaters because their parents give them, you know, we and their parents together give them lots of calories in liquid form. We're giving them milk, we're giving, then they're not drinking milk. So then we give them chocolate milk. <laughs> and then, you know, they're getting apple juice in the morning with the parents. Um, and so they're not eating their Cheerios because they're just drinking the apple juice. And well, I'm so worried about my child's nutrition. So now I'm giving them the protein shakes, the kid protein shakes. 
So they're getting chicken nuggets, goldfish, and liquid calories. Yeah. So I've heard that being more of a problem. Teachers and directors complaining about kids who have become even pickier and that they're having a lot of food waste, especially at snack times, because the kid, if you're not giving them the goldfish, they're not going to eat snack. So what is your take on, okay, if they're not, they won't eat snack unless I add goldfish to the snack. Well, I mean, I guess everybody has their own process. I mean, I think that if you let the kids know that maybe we're only going to do goldfish one day a week, you know, um, or we're going to do fruit. And if you've eaten all your fruit, you can have some goldfish. So give them some sort of, you know, maybe not um, expect them to go cold turkey, right? So because this has truly become an addiction to a lot of families, because it's an easy thing to give them have, you know, and I've seen these. So I do know that they exist, right? Goldfish cookie cutters. Okay. So again, You can give them goldfish cookie cutters. You can thinly cut cantaloupe. You can do American cheese. There are other things that they can make into goldfish. Depending on the age of kids and and kind of the way the kids think, not every kid can do a diorama for their snack food, but there are those four and five-year-olds who can absolutely make little goldfish and, and octopus and they can make their water and they can have some fun with um, their snack food and still eat it. And it still look like food versus, um, something that you wouldn't want any kid to eat. Um, but also, you know, again, with your threes and fours, absolutely ask them, you know, you might find out that the kids have never had a plum. Maybe the kids have never had a peach, you know, tie these into, trips uh, into guest speakers, Um, you know, can they throw it in the blender and make it into something they might eat? You know, and if you've ever done the sneaky chef stuff, I mean, I love the sneaky chef books because you can start to throw in frozen spinach into anything and you'd be surprised. And I'm going to put that caveat on there. If you're doing, you know, smoothies and stuff like that, frozen spinach, not fresh spinach, because then you'll it'll be all foamy and gross. Frozen spinach and dark fruit. So blueberries, cherries, even strawberries. But anything lighter than that, you start to see the green and they're going, what is that disgusting colored beverage? <laughs> well, another thing is to sort of have it as a science experiment mm-hmm. where you were like, okay, guys, we're going to have the... And this works really well with toddlers. I will say that we're going to, we're going to all, we're going to try three things. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but I want you guys to tell me if this is a like, so they raise, they clap their hands or they don't like, so they just go like this, or they really, they don't ever want it again. And then they, they do, you know, the thumbs down or, or say boo. Um, But they can't tell us until everybody has tasted the first food. So everybody tastes the first food and then they vote. And then we taste the second food and then they vote. And then we taste the third food and they vote and they can hold it for the amount of time it takes everybody to get the thing in their mouth. (laughs) Right. And then they vote. And then by doing that, a lot of times you find out, well, yeah, nobody says they like plums, but when we did the blind taste test, everybody loved plums. So I just need to present the plums the same way I did in the taste test. Yep. So maybe food one is plums with skin on, food two is plums without skin on, and food three is grape, (laughs) right? So they have, you know, purple grapes. So there's some similarity in the look. 
of those three foods. Um, and then you're like, cool, the kids like plums with no skin. I can do that. Well, and that takes me back to, you know, just again, frozen fruits and tying those into the things that you have. I mean, my favorite are frozen grapes and they become some sort of Dr. Seuss food, right? So kids like to be involved in making their their snacks or in their food. It it takes up big chunks of your day. So if the kids are making the snack at least three days a week, obviously not on the days of field trips. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some things that, you know, and if on field trip days they pack their lunch, well, then that can be the day their parent gives them the goldfish. Right. And um, maybe the only thing that you do this summer is you eliminate goldfish completely because you're going to use Cheez-Its or you're going to use the generic version of a Cheez-It you know, that's just it. That's, that's what it is. And you only get refills or seconds of that if you have seconds of the fruit. So if you have seconds of fruit, I will give you seconds of Cheez-Its, you know. I want to make sure that the kids get an opportunity to even maybe understand what's in a goldfish, right? Like, you know, kind of like your taste test, you could do cheddar cheese, cheese it and a goldfish, you know, or you could only have goldfish that are the pretzel goldfish, <laughs> you know, and only if you've made it into some sort of a trail mix with, you know, some dried raisins. Yeah. I mean, the, what we're, tr how do we help kids who are having, you know, they're like, no, this is my safety food. You know, I'm going to eat this because this is my safety food. So part of when kids are, are being reluctant eaters or picky eaters, Part of it is because they don't have control over their environment. So kids who don't have much control over what clothes they wear, what time they're going outside, what center they're playing in, all of that, the less control they have, the more they're going to exert that control by not eating things that are not, you know, beige. <laughs> so by doing what Kate's talking about and having them help to participate and make the food, then they have control over the food and they don't have to be so restrictive in their eating. So that's yeah. kind of where the, that comes from. And the more options you have, the better. Yes, kids are used to things that are colorful and fun and, you know, taste the rainbow, right? So nobody said that the rainbow has to be a Skittles. It can be lots of different types. And, and again, since we're talking about summer, that is the reason why you hear me using the phrase frozen fruit. Um, but it doesn't have to be frozen fruit that you buy in the freezer section. It can be you got this awesome deal because you took the kids to the strawberry farm. The kids picked a ton of strawberries or, you know, it's peach season and you had a peach farmer come and talk about peaches, you know, whatever it might be, you know, give the kids an opportunity and, you know, let them make their own strawberry jelly to put on their sandwich. Let them make their own. I mean, there's very few things that I can think of that you really can't make with kids even under age five. I mean, and yeah, zucchini okay. bread, you know, zucchini is another thing that's very plentiful in the summer. The kids making zucchini bread, if you have an Instapot, some, you have a classroom, the classroom has a parent with an Instapot that is willing to part with it for the day. The parent brings in an Instapot and the toddlers make zucchini bread. Toddlers making zucchini bread is not highly complicated because the first step is the teacher peels the zucchini. So that happens ahead of time. <laughs> or it happens in front of the kids, whatever. But the second step is mush the zucchini. 
Can toddlers mush things? This is a question. Can toddlers mush things? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it comes back to even making hummus. I mean, you know, zucchini sticks and hummus. Again, if the kid can push a button, they can make hummus. It's called a blender, you know? <laughs> and again, yes, it takes a little more work for your teachers. If your teachers aren't cooks, if your teachers don't have young kids that they've tried to sneak different things into. Um, and that's where our suggestion when we started this episode is really, really important. And so the best thing you can do for your staff is take our suggestions, incorporate their suggestions, talk to the kids and parents. You might find out that you've got a parent who's got like the best zucchini brownie on earth. And that parent's even willing to make zucchini brownies once a week. Like, hallelujah, right? And if you yeah. put you find these things out that makes it even better for you that was another one black bean brownies mm -hmm. black bean brownies are super moist and you get to count it as a vegetable <laughs> and the kids are like wait we can have brownies <laughs> well and blue corn tortillas i mean homemade tortillas there's a pretty good chance that most of you have a parent who can make homemade tortillas like they have all the the, the equipment right um, which is four things yeah <laughs> well but yeah, you know, some of us just don't have that skill. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> so make make a, a cookbook for your kids and your families and your parents and your teachers based off our suggestions, off your teacher's suggestions, off your parents' suggestions. <clears throat> Other things that make really easy summertime food to think about are pasta salads, cold soups. <clears throat> and I know that seems really strange. Um, frozen yogurt, which is really just, and this is where the cheaper, the, the yogurt, the better, um, because the kids put their own stuff in it and they stick it in the freezer uh, after breakfast and now they have it for lunch. But again, you know, nothing has to be hot. <laughs> Everything can be room temperature. They can make their own jams and jellies. Um, they can make their own butter. If you've never made butter in a jar, if you've never made homemade ice cream, again, the kids are going to think it's really cool because they got to make ice cream. Trust me, if there's enough fruit in there, um, you know, you've got your milk, you've got your fruit. Yeah, it's going to have a little sugar, but probably no much more than um, probably the processed stuff you were going to give them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, homemade ice cream frequently has less sugar in it than store-bought yogurt, mm -hmm. uh, store-bought kids yogurt. Yeah. 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 The Danimals, like the amount of sugar in a Danimal is just crazy. So it's more than a Snickers bar. Like I, 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 <laughs> if you've never looked on the back of packages, <laughs> 25 okay, that's a whole that's a, a rant we could definitely get on about why you should be buying those kinds of things for the kids so from a budget perspective we don't want to be doing the danimals from a sugar perspective we don't want to be doing the danimals <laughs> but hopefully we've given you a few ideas on how to have a staff meeting, give them some training, get your staff involved in the concept of snack being a learning opportunity and different ideas of snack for your kids during the time of the year that we don't wanna heat up the house. I'm gonna suggest that you then take those recipes Kate was talking about collecting and you make it into a book. If you need help with how to format it, send it to me, I'll format it for you. And you send it to KDP and the parents can buy the actual book, charge $10 for it, get $4 for each one and 
everybody's going to be happy and it's going to be a fundraiser that took you very little time, didn't make the parents feel all grumpy because they were having to ask all their friends to buy the gift wrap um, and, you know, gets you a little bit of free money for your center. <laughs> all right, you guys, thank you so much. If you've enjoyed today's episode, share with your friends, share with your teachers. This is a great one to even share with your parents. And so with that, hello at colorfulclipboard.com and we will see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.